Tammy's car is driving behind us. We can see her. The JMPD is driving her car. So now we're driving and we're just getting closer and closer and closer to the police station. We're now in Risk. We are two minutes from the Hillbrow police station. It is not looking good. It's not looking good for us. We're still, we're heading there. There's a robot and there were new robots still by outside Park Station. Turns red and we come to a stop. Out of nowhere, this man runs up to the, the cop's uh, driver driver's side. He's in a panic. He's hyperventilating. Zandi had needed a miracle. Someone, something to keep her out of a jail cell that night. And at the final moment, this guy had shown up. And he's like, they've stolen my girlfriend. That's what he says. So, like, everyone's like, what? what? Everyone's confused. We're all involved. What? What happened? They've stolen my girlfriend. These two guys, I was walking with my girlfriend. These guys came and just, like, took her and, like, walked away with her. As the cops are still trying to listen to this man, and I don't know why we are such likers of things, we are craning our necks to see where these people are. And just, like, spot. Then, in the distance, we spot them, and we're like, yeah, we can see them. <laughs> We can see them. We could see them. They, whatever, radio, radio to the guys at the behind us in Tammy's micro saying we've got to chase, you know, whatever chase. Sirens come on. And that's when, like, we're turning around. And that's when I see this Nissan micro doing donuts on Rustic Street, li- literally leaving circles. Like, it was like a show. Except it wasn't. It was very real. A very real encounter with Johannesburg cops. And you guys are going to want to strap in for this one. Welcome to Golden City. I'm your host, Zanel MG, and I love a good story. This podcast is a collection of the greatest stories I've ever heard about the city of gold, Johannesburg, South Africa. In each episode, you'll meet a different Joburger who will tell you their own true stories in their own words. All the ups and downs, adventures, lessons, wins and losses that make life in Joburg truly interesting. This concrete jungle may not have mountains or beaches to compete with the natural beauty of other South African cities, but the diverse and amazing people who call Johannesburg home make this golden city shine bright. What a story. How do you feel about that? Tell me more. You know, if you're playing a TV game, they're like one of those obstacles that you have to go over. Like you've got to play jump, jump, X, 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 zero to like get around them. They're just like, and there's just no telling what kind of interaction you're going to have with the cops on any given day, whether it's during the day, whether it's late at night. Zandi is a filmmaker who grew up in Joburg. The situations that I've been in, when I used to live in Yeovil, for example, and things used to happen outside our building all the time, and there was an empty field behind us that the that most criminals would run down into because it's easy to disappear there. And anytime we'd call the cops, they'd be like, we're not going down there, it's too scary. So <laughs> I was just like, well, <laughs> then <laughs> what's the point of this really? 
um, if you're scared, I'm scared too. So we're just sitting here all scared. There's no point really. So stop doing that. It's it's a lucky packet and you just ne you never know what you're going to get. And sometimes you get lucky and other times you just don't. Sometimes it's about being ready to create your own luck. Listen to how a group of women all found themselves in the back of a police van one night and quickly figured out what to say and what not to say to turn their luck around. So I'm at Drill Hall. Drill Hall, for those of you who don't know, is like downtown, very close to Nurt. Um, It's a place that used to host quite a few, like, kind of, uh, quote-unquote, underground gigs. Um, um, it's at night. It's a, I think it was a Friday night. We're at the show. We've been drinking, having the best time. Go out to the car and it's myself um, and one of my longest and closest friends, Tammy. We're in her car. She's driving, it's myself. And we've got um, a friend in the back. I don't even remember her name, but she was Sia, one of the band members' cousins. We've got a friend following us in the car. She's driving with a guy, friend of ours. We go down and we're going to Bramfontein and it's like a very tight, weird parking space if you've ever been to Drill Hall. And the other cars parked there and we have to kind of reverse it an angle. Tommy's feeling very nervous about this reverse. So I'm like, I'll do it. And then as soon as we get out, you can drive. All good. I get into the driver's seat, maneuver, maneuver. As we get out, like just at the entrance, I get out the car, we swap drivers. And literally as we pull off, it's like we didn't look up prior to that, but as we look up, we see in the distance, there's that like flashlight flashing in our face. And we see there's like a little road, so we're like turn, 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 look at the road and it's a one way. And we're like, oh man, we've been gone. It was a roadblock and Tammy had been drinking. You're really starting to think, what is my story? What is my angle? Where, how are we going to play this? So I'm like, all we've got to do is get Tammy out of this and then I can drive. I don't know why I didn't think about the fact that I had also been drinking. But the, as far as I'm concerned, that's going to be our get out of jail card. The first thing they say to us is two people drove this car. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe they saw me, number one. Two people drove this car. Both of you are getting breathalyzed. Well, no, we've pulled over now. We're out of the car. They're trying to get us to breathalyze. I'm like, no, 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 sir. We don't need to do this. I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. If I blow that thing, then we've got a problem. Do we all want this? Like, are we all sure that this is what we want? Zandi and Tammy have been friends since their school days. So it's almost automatic when they spring into a routine that they've been practicing since childhood. Talking their way out of trouble. Also, we've been friends for very long. So we've got a dynamic, we've got an eye communication system that it's like, okay, okay, you go, you know. So we're feeling very much like there's a rhythm here and we might get out of this. Getting somewhere. And then there's this like, it's weird, also Joburg things. It's very quiet SAP cop who's kind of like standing behind us. And for whatever reason, he decided he doesn't want us to get arrested either. He just kept saying, don't stop trying. He's like, just don't, don't stop trying to get out of this. Don't like settle, don't whatever. If you just keep, just keep trying to talk, keep being friendly, keep urging, you know, you might get out of this. It's looking like Zandi and Tammy are getting somewhere. But then you remember the guy friend, the one who was in the other car. 
he stood very close to where the where we were kind of negotiating with the cops, just like hanging out there. Then our friend was leaning there, just happens to irritate one of the cops. And the cops just like, can you just like stand away from us? Like you're just here, you're standing so close. Can you just go down there? And he was like, this is a pavement. I can stand here. This is the law. I can stand on the pavement if I want. I'm like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> just shut your mouth. The last thing you do to a South African cop is talk about the damn law because they don't give a damn. As I explained, this is personal for them. They're like, oh, and that was exactly his attitude. He was like, the law. Funny you should bring that up because according to the law, if we suspect these ladies of driving, they need, I mean, drunk driving, they need to get into the back of the car with us. And actually, that's what should happen. You're so right to bring up the law. Let's do that. Let's go with the law. Um, and so, and to mention, there's a mixture of, there's, um, SAP, South African Police, and there's JMPD, both at this roadblock. We get taken away in the SAP. They had that at the Ford Territories. I don't know if you remember, they used to have those big Ford SUVs at the, what's that? Four by fours, the four wheel drives. So we go into the Ford Territory and the two Metro cops get into Tammy's car to drive her car behind us. So now we're in the car and we're on the way to the police station. This, the man who was helping us earlier on, cop whisperer. Good cop. Um, good cop. Good cop is in the back and he's like, don't, these are guys, this, you're not in jail yet. Like, don't stop. So on the way there, we, we are, we have not stopped talking in the car. We're like, um, we like keep giggling with the cops now and then making chit chat. Then we're like, ah, but guys, really, are you seriously going to take us to Hillbrow police station? Like, are you serious? I think also we're so desensitized to drunk driving in this country that we forget like that's a crime and you can that can be put on criminal record and screw up your drunk life. Drunk driving can seriously screw up someone else's life. And so tonight, the friends must face up to their decisions. Out of nowhere, they've stolen my girlfriend. That's what he says. So like, everyone's like, what? what? Everyone's confused. We're all involved. What? What happened? They've stolen my girlfriend. These two guys, I was walking with my girlfriend. These guys came and just like took her and like walked away with her. We are craning our necks to see where these people are. And just like spot. Then in the distance, we spot them. And we're like, yeah, we can see them. <laughs> we can see them. We can see them. They went over there because we're literally watching where what they went. you see? You could see like it was a woman in the middle and there was two guys on either side of her. You, you can't make out at night. They don't look, they weren't carrying her, but they were on either side of her. Um, and there was a set of stairs going down and, uh, and they're, what do you call them? Passenger stairs, obvious, obviously. So a car has to go around, but we had seen where they went. They, whatever, radio, radio to the guys at the behind us in Tammy's micro saying we've got to chase, you know, whatever, chase. Sirens come on and that's when, like, we're turning around and that's when I see this Nissan micro doing donuts on Rustic Street, li literally leaving circles. <laughs> like, it was like a show. And I remember, and, you know, in between, the crazy thing about this is in between things, we just keep cackling, like... Every time something would happen, we'd be like, we're in so much danger, we're in so much trouble. And then there'd be like 30 seconds of just like quiet, fitful laughing. Like, pull yourselves together, we're going to jail, stop laughing. 
After we saw that, I we also could not hold ourselves when we saw the cart do that. I don't know what it was about seeing a cart do donuts that just finished us. Anyway, we are now leading the chase because we saw where they went. So we're like, turn left, <laughs> turn right. Cop turns left, cop turns right. Hi, Nyan, we find these guys. There they are. <laughs> Town is deserted. It's very quiet. It's fair. And where we stopped under the bridge was very dark. We couldn't see anything. We, the cops got out to, to chase these guys. All we heard were tasers. Just, they were Mozambican, the people involved. Xenophobic slurs, tasers going. Can't really hear, don't really know. Also still trying to create our necks as usual to see what's happening, can't see. And then this woman, the woman who had been quote-unquote stolen, then gets put in the car with us. Again, I don't know who we thought we were, so we start questioning her, like, lady, what just happened? And she, she's there. She is like, I wasn't stolen. Like, she's my boyfriend. That's just my other boyfriend. I wasn't stolen. But she's like quite quiet and reserved. The guys who are now being arrested, who are stealing her, the one comes to the window like, please just tell them. And she, she just didn't want any more smoke. So she's just being real quiet. Which also just made us laugh. So, so we're like, are you not going to tell them that this is not a crime? She's like, no. Wait, I'm so why not. was this not a crime? Who was the guy that came to the window? So from what I gather, she has two boyfriends and she got caught with the one man. The other man caught her with the other man and was like, we're going now. And that other guy was like, well, I'm going to tell the cops. So the guy went and said she got she was stolen. She's like, I wasn't stolen. So this, so now there's a crisis, right? There are too many criminals. The, the back of the car had already been full. <laughs> and they need to decide which criminals are bigger criminals. <laughs> Since we led the police chase, they're like, fine, we trust you. We earn some trust. <laughs> like, you guys are allowed to get back in your car so we can make room for these new ones that they've arrested now because they didn't have enough space. So we are allowed back in, and I just remember us getting back in the car and be like, oh my God, first step, like clear, we're no longer in the car. Like that is just the first step towards freedom. There was obviously the moment where we were like, do we try and run away? Like as we're following them, do we try and just like take a short left, short right? Um, and we're like, no, let's just see this thing through legally now that we've been given a chance. And so we get into the car and we follow the cops to Hillbrow Police Station. They like stay in the car, we stay in the car. And then after a while, one of the cops gets into the car with us with like a clipboard and a A4 plain piece of paper and a pen. And he was like, they've decided not to arrest us, but they know what girls like us are like and that we're going to go to the media and say that they touched us and that we were sexually assaulted and they're not going to have that. So we have to write a statement and say that we were, I mean, I don't know where that, I don't know how anyone will use that, would use that as a legal document anyway. It was literally plain A4 paper with this man's handwriting saying, we were arrested, we were, whatever, absconded, approached, whatever the word was that he used, apprehended on suspicion of drunk driving, later found to us to not be drunk. Nothing was, nothing happened. We were treated properly, blah, 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 blah. And then we all had to sign the statement. Got out the car and we left. 
Zandi and them continued with their night. We were so stressed. We are like, we need a drink, guys. Oh, my God. This is now just the story of a hilarious near miss. But multiple worlds collided that night. I think if the guy who had been standing there wasn't there, that would have changed the nature of the dynamic. I think his, the presence of another man from our side changed the dynamic. Um, because previously we were just like these three women in a car who got caught. And then it became, then there was this ego clash and it became something else. And I think that in terms of the decision for which criminal stay in the car, like xenophobia was part of that. I think it was like we were two South African women versus uh, three Mozambican men. The, the, I don't know how else to say it. It's such a dark-sided thing to say, but the xenophobia worked in our favor. You know, I think it would have been a different dynamic, even if those men were South African. It would have... I'm not saying that they wouldn't have gotten arrested, but all of these things changed the dynamics of whatever situation was going on. And I think it's... Yeah... It's bothersome, but I feel like that's literally you what Johannesburg is like. And the Mozambican exactly. guys weren't. Exactly. It had a lot to do with just like being small, English speaking. Um, do you know what I mean? Cops can read all the... When they hear you speak English, they know immediately which kind, what kind of girl you are, you know? That we were that age, my friend's driving her own car. All of those things, there's signs and there's like how much trouble are we going to cause to them even in that thing of writing the statement they were just like they just they're like your type what they mean are that the types who go to the media with access know their rights blah 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 all of those perceptions and those ideas about us are part of what influenced whether or not we got arrested or how that night played itself out Thank you for visiting Golden City. If you liked this episode, like, follow, subscribe on all social media and streaming platforms. If you love this podcast, give us five stars. I'd love to feature you on Golden City. To submit your story, go to www.goldencitypodcast.co.za. See you next time.